<laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. If you're just listening to this on audio, you just you don't know what you're missing. Uh, but but welcome anyway. I'm your host uh, Chad Dotson here at the episode number 410 of the world's most mildly dangerous podcast. With us this week again, uh, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. He seems a little excited to be back on the show. Welcome back. <laughs> also with us this week, uh, again on video, you'll notice his name is not Pokey Reese, but uh, he's actually not Pokey Reese. He's Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? I'm an honest man, if nothing else. There you go. Exactly. So uh, lots to talk about this week. I do want to go ahead off the, off the top. And yes, I know there's an echo here. I'll have this thing figured out by next week. Um, hopefully it's not too distracting. But what are we going to talk about this week? I guess we have to talk about the lockout. That's why we start every week, and the players are still locked out. But there was some, not movement, but some some news that came out this week. And two, uh, this is going to be the earliest we've ever done a, a viewer mail question. But I think there's a good viewer mail question here that helps us frame the debate. Uh, and, Chris, I'll ask you to – I'll read it and, uh, and and see if we can get your thoughts on this. Because I think I believe, based on your Twitter feed, that you have some thoughts. Woo the Reds. This, again, these are viewer mail questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront. Cincy, woo the Reds. I don't think you said what are your, there are more O's in woo. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it. Woo. I need to say it like at the, uh, at the stadium. I'm a certified fan of the woo. Not woo the Reds. Not a fan of him. Um, but, uh, but, but the woo at the stadium, yes. What are your thoughts that even having a severely shortened MLB season in 2020 is perhaps the Trojan horse of the labor disputes? The owners learned many things from that 60-game season and expanded playoffs that under any other scenario, they never would have considered worth the risk. I've started to view this as the owners have certainty around their financial risks in terms of games played and are absolutely fine with a standoff. Do you see this as anything more than trying to break the union and Chris, it's a little unfair because I didn't give you that question uh, ahead of time here for you to prepare. So have fun. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm convinced at this point, that is the point that breaking the union is the very, and, and essentially the only point in this uh, standoff, the owners, as we all remember, chose to lock out the players. They chose this labor dispute they didn't have to do it, and they chose to do it. And when you start to look at the – compare the offers, compare to who's conceding what, who's trying to gain what versus the status quo, the amount of money in question isn't very large. And the amount of principle isn't very large. So why, then, do we have negotiation sessions that last 15 minutes? As it happened to be, earlier today. Yeah, it, it may be that the owners don't really want a deal. They certainly would take a deal on complete capitulation from the Players Association. But short <laughs> of that, I think they're content to ride it out. And obviously they have more money in the bank than the players have in the bank. They can ride it out longer. And they want to break this union's back and ensure that they can have a salary cap, maybe a floor, maybe, but they want not just cost certainty, but they want cost containment. And they're yeah, you know, to I was make us all sit and watch what happens. Oh, exactly. We're, we don't even factor into this conversation. You know, I was optimistic 
that a deal was going to get made and that we wouldn't miss games and, you know, maybe delayed spring training, but, but I was optimistic. And I think that I was right to be optimistic because um, if the owners wanted a deal, we could have had a deal weeks ago. I mean, that's just a fact uh, as, as uh, Chris says, the, the the amount the amount of money they're, they're arguing over is a lot to, to you and I well not to Chris but to, to Nate and I uh, but um, it's not it's not to, to the owners um, it is uh, not to the players frankly uh, they could make a deal here um, th- it's, I've become firmly convinced that the owners have nothing to lose here nothing to lose they really don't I, I and they're gonna they're gonna play hardball until they get what they want and eventually they know the players are probably gonna capitulate it's it's kind of uh, um, well, I've got some more thoughts I'll give in a minute. Nate, anything you want to say? I feel like they should find a way to, to, to mandate, to train and test throughout ownership tenure. You have to remain a fan of baseball. I, I, I feel like these guys, they're just trying to win. It reminds me of you know, national politics. My team versus your team. doesn't matter what we're saying, what anybody believes. Us versus them, and that is it. That's the end all and be all. It sucks. It's no fun. Um, I just, I just want some baseball back, and the owners don't seem to care that that sentiment even exists. It, isn't it odd how competitive they are now when they're completely willing to tank and save, you know, a penny rather than try to compete all baseball season. But now, now, the Castellini group is competitive. <laughs> it's, it's like this is this is the game. This is the you know uh, what what they want to uh, uh, you know achieve. It does wins on the field, ah, whatever you know. Fans having fun, ah, whatever. Even you know uh, uh, the bottom line in terms of uh, season revenues, not really as important as oh man, this is the real game. We got to beat the players. You know, it's kind of a, a game within a game. I want to mention um, there's a there's a baseball writer named Joe Sheehan, and, and Chris is a big fan of, or at least uh, has uh, read Sheehan's stuff uh, for a long time. He's forwarded it to me occasionally. I, I've been a subscriber for uh, some time as well to his baseball newsletter, and he had a kind of a tweet thread I think last night that I saw. I saw it this morning when I got up, and uh, it was kind of uh, it was dire. And then my favorite uh, baseball writer Joe Posnanski kind of wrote about it today and I just want to kind of run through uh, just briefly what Posnanski said because it really clarified for me what's being uh, what's being thought about here and so um, the amount of course is in the neighborhood of 440 million dollars that they're fighting over so somewhere in that neighborhood but uh, and Posnanski makes the point well that's a lot of money to you and I but the point is that it's actually it's actually a number that they could negotiate and you know somebody whatever but, but they could negotiate that number um, and, uh, and, and what he says is kind of what Chris just said. There's, uh, no larger fight here, no grander ambitions, no effort whatsoever to deal with the many issues baseball faces. The players have caved on all that. They've give, given up on getting earlier free agency. They've given up on getting earlier arbitration. They do not seem interested in getting minor leaguers a living wage. They do not seem to know how to stop major league teams from manipulating service time. As far as I know, they have not pressed the right to uh, pressed to right the absurd wrong of the MLB pension plan, excluding older players who didn't play four years. The rule only three days of service, but uh, he gives an example of Pat Darcy 
who gave up the pitch uh, in the World Series. Fisk, member of the Big Red Machine, who played three years in the big leagues but doesn't get the pension because that the rule didn't change to 43 days of service until 1980. So, um, so he asked, what's the player in the tide? The owners have been kicking their butts for 20 years now, and they're just uh, you know trying to stop <laughs> stop the tide, and they're not going to. They're they're just not going to, and I would encourage you to go read Joe Sheehan's uh, newsletter for the entire uh, piece because it is spot on. Uh, any sympathy with the owners in this fight? Any and so many baseball fans do, which I don't I don't get. Maybe we can discuss that. But if you have any sympathy, you need to uh, read that piece because it just it lays it in perfect uh, clarity. Yeah. I, I want to be very Chris. I know you have. I know you have uh, sympathy with the owners. Yeah, I want to be very clear to anybody watching this. The amount that you pay for your ticket, the amount that you pay for MLB.tv, the amount that you pay for a beer at the stadium—that's a lot. What you pay <laughs> for a hat, a pennant, or a pack of baseball cards has nothing. Nothing to do with Joe, what Joey Votto makes for a living. What you pay is what you're willing to pay. And the owners are going to charge you whatever you're willing to pay for that product. And that's fine. That's the American way. But at the same time, they're trying to pay the players as little as they can. And that's fine, too. But those two things are totally separate. If Joey Votto or Jonathan India makes less money next year, you're not going to save 50 cents on your make Ultra at Great American Ballpark. They're not connected. Stop rooting for billionaires versus millionaires. You can sit it out. It's fine. But you're not going to come out ahead in this deal based on rooting for the ownership. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's important to note that, you know, we're talking about mostly billionaires versus millionaires. Um, a lot of these players aren't millionaires. You got to think some of these, you know, people that are hoping for their first cup of tea have never got that big payday. And they're, they're really just hoping to. And at the same time, these minor leaguers who are not making a living wage, their minor league wages are a joke, really. And the owners are talking about axing you know, the amount of uh, positions on the minor league rosters as part of their, you know, concessions. Yeah, it won't be long before America does what America does best and outsources their, uh, you know, their too expensive labor to China. The minor leagues are going to happen in China. Oh, okay. Probably, yeah. It's just, uh, it's frustrating. I and I'm sure those of you that uh, support the owners are all over the place. Uh, drop into our Twitter feed and at uh, Riverfront Sensi, and, and I want to hear why, because it makes no sense. It makes just no sense whatsoever in this case. Um, this is not like uh, any other labor dispute in any other uh, industry. Uh, this is just uh, uh, owners have a, uh, you know, they have a monopoly, frankly. Um, and uh, I just, they, I, I truly believe they're willing to see the season no season at all. No season it's at all. It's crazy that you'd go two out of three years with a truncated or, or no product whatsoever and think you'd succeed. I, I think it's wrong. 
I think those guys are missing out if they really think baseball can keep pace with the National Football League, the NBA, the National Women's Soccer League, Big Bash League Cricket, and all of our other entertainments when their product has been strong but not as strong as it used to be. How many people what? under the age of 30 do you know that are huge baseball fans? Your kids, your nieces and nephews. My kids aren't. My kids will not watch a baseball game. My son loves playing baseball, but he won't watch it. My yeah. kids play baseball. They play softball. They watched every Bengals game all season long. The whole thing. They'd watch the shows, the TikToks, baseball. They play it. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. My son will watch, uh, you know, people playing Fortnite <laughs> and people playing, you know, Minecraft, you know, baseball. No, not so much. My, what, my daughter was watching Animal Crossing videos tonight. As you do. Yeah. Apparently. We, 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 we were like that at that age. <sighs> anyway, so I'm. I think it may be in that finally, finally tipped me over the edge, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Um, it's fun that we, uh, for a long started off, we started off this podcast on such a high note, and I'm not going to lie to you, after going through the uh, best second baseman in Reds history, it's not going to get a lot better. <laughs> that's true. That's where we're headed here. And it, that's the top position in, uh, in Cincinnati Reds history, no doubt. So, But stay tuned. Uh, let's talk about the other news of the week before we get into that, because and there's not much of that. But I did want to mention um, a couple things. First of all, ESPN came out with their top 100 prospects. If if we care, the Reds had three at the top 100. It's the same three that we would probably uh, guess. Um, and of course, that's uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and uh, Ellie De La Cruz, number 100 with a bullet. So I know you'll have a lot of things to say about that top prospect list, but I'm reaching for news for the week, I guess. I, I had this thought the other day with uh, – I was thinking about Joe Burrow. And Hunter Green is kind of what – like Joe Burrow is kind of what Hunter Green was supposed to be. Right? I mean, Quarterback? Kind of, well, I mean, completely, you know, like Hunter Green was number two overall, but he was the most prominent, the most famous player in that draft. And he was supposed to be the savior of the organization and the guy who was going to do it differently and the guy who was going to come in and, and, and really flip things upside down. And Joe Burrow delivered on it. And I know baseball is different than football. And Joe Burrow is probably older than Hunter Green. I haven't checked. But, uh, he, you know, Hunter is – Joe Burrow is what Hunter Green was supposed to be. That was what we were hoping when he was drafted. Is going to be the guy who's going to put the franchise on the on his back, and do exceptional things, and and change what was possible. And I guess we're still waiting. He can still do that. Waiting too much longer. Baseball is different, but he could still be that guy, right? To the extent that any baseball player can. Yeah, we got time. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Yay! I think we'll we see, agree. Uh, do you guys? 
do you think we'll see uh, both of those guys early on this year or at the same time, perhaps? Well, if we have a, do we, are we are we saying we're going to have a season? Where are we going to play? <laughs> mm. There is that. You know, my only thought on this list was that they left my boy Graham off of the top 100. He'll be there. He'll be there next year. Well, Graham Ashcraft is uh, in the news this week, Nate, right? Uh, we've got some uh, spring training news. You want to talk about that while I go try to fix my internet? Well, you said we were reaching for news today, and some pitchers and catchers did actually report to spring training. Um, it's not the group that we uh, we had hoped to see, but there are some fellows that are getting ready to play a little baseball. I don't know. Can you get terribly excited about it? There will be some baseball news coming out. What do you think? I, I was wondering. I'm 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 glad you said that, Nate, because I was actually wondering if they were going to start minor league spring training on time. I I don't. There's no reason they shouldn't. But uh, you know, the fam and I are going to be down in Florida. The end of March. Originally, hope to see some spring training games from Major League, but I guess we can uh, go see some freebies at minor league camp, at least. Yeah, I think there are at least a handful of players down there that will see some action, so it's not a you know total waste. Graham Ashcraft, Nick Lodolo, um, Donovan Benoit. I don't know who that is, but he's there. How about Willie Moe? Willie Moe should be there. Jose, Jose Franco? Juan Francisco? <laughs> wow, dare to dream. Uh, so anyway, yeah, my whatever. I'm like, gosh, is this really what we've descended to here? Oh, I think we need to get into the topic of the week. Yeah, let's just move on. Yes. Whose birthday, who birthday is it? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to tell us that, Chris. Come on. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> Um, uh, topic of the week should be uh, the Super Bowl. Can we just take a moment to celebrate the uh, the Bengals? We've talked about them a little bit in recent weeks, but I mean, yeah, they should have won that game. And yes, there was some goofy play calling. And yes, there's some silly officiating. But man, what an incredible season! And Chris, you're the you're the big long time Bengals guy. Nate and I are kind of bandwagon in some ways. Um, what are your thoughts now at this point? Uh, we you know almost a week away from that game. You know, it's interesting. Um, it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl. You know, you got everything's kind of got to line up right. And they won three games in a row to get there. It was fun. It was it was great. There are no 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 two ways about it. The things that made them lose that Super Bowl were the same weaknesses they'd shown all year, namely some spotty offensive line play and some weird play calls in short yardage situations. Um, they spotty offensive them. line play. How oh, can I just say spotty offensive line play? That's an interesting way to put it. That's kind of generous. They set an all time well, record I mean, for sacks uh, surrendered. Yeah, in a Super three Bowl. out of the five groups look like they were standing on skateboards the whole <laughs> game. But, um, you know, if the crazy thing is like, yeah, they, they've got obvious areas to improve. They've got cap space and money to improve it. But it's so hard. I mean, Brandon Allen and the the Bills are going to improve. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to improve. And Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to improve. Like, and and Lamar Jackson's going to be back. 
you know, look, there's so many good teams in the AFC. So I, uh, I was happy to induct my children into Cincinnati sports fandom last Sunday night. There they understand some, now. Uh, there were some things thrown in the house. There were some things slammed in the house. There were some things disavowed and cursed in the house. But uh, that's how it goes, and they got to learn. My my oldest, you know, son, who we've talked about before, um, he's a Cubs fan, and he was a Cubs fan whose teams won the World Series when he was eight. So that dude deserves it. That dude is got it coming to him in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, you know, I we take it like those guys are going to be legends in Cincinnati forever. And like all the parts that suck about being a fan, all the parts that are torture, all the BS and nonsense that you deal with for being a fan of a Cincinnati team for two weeks, the Bengals were one of the two best teams in the NFL and it was really worth it. It really was worth it. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear because that's why we actually do this podcast and why all of you all are listening, all uh, three of you, uh, including you. Hi, mom. Um, yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's worth it. But I understand, uh, you know, um, we're getting ready to try to sell our house and uh, I don't tell anyone that's looking to buy, but there's still a, a little hole in the wall that I have to get fixed uh, from when Jay Bruce dropped a fly ball in 2010. <laughs> it's still there. We've not fixed it yet. It's kind of a reminder. But, um, the, the truth of the matter is they were this close to literally being forever known as the best team in the NFL. And they genuinely could have won that, that game. Um, and I, it's true. There's so much room for them to improve, you know, uh, and they could really improve, but never get back there. So I guess the point is enjoy it while you've got it, I suppose. Nate, any quick thoughts? No, uh, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head sounds like Chris kind of made the argument for expanded playoffs to me. In baseball? Give everybody a chance to get there. Who knows what will happen? All I know is that it was fun. It was fun, uh, you know, being a part of that ride. I'm not going to pour – I'm not going to pour a drink out for him because this was a, you know, $19 bottle of Kroger, but. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know about playoffs, Nate. I mean, they won their division. You know what I mean? They they went uh, what four and two in the division, beat yeah. everybody but Cleveland. That's I mean, true. I, I'm a big believer in the regular season, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're teeing that up for me, but <laughs> like I don't well, want expanded playoffs. I don't want more randomness in the MLB. You got. I think it's reasonable. I just would love to see the Reds in the playoffs sometimes. <laughs> However, they get there, right? When our starting pitcher doesn't drop the baseball. While he's on the mound. Oh man, Hunter Green won't do that. No, he won't. What are you a uh, you an Oklahoma City Thunder fan there, uh, Chris? This is, uh, this is the Ohio Thunder youth baseball. Ohio Thunder.com. If you're interested, between eight U and fifteen U, we'd love to have oh, you. I don't qualify. Um, all right. So anyway, well, we're, let's get back to the actual topic of the week. Um, it should be how great is Joe Burrow? How great is Jamar Chase? I mean, that's what it should be because those guys are just fantastic, and they've kind of rekindled a, a love of football in my life. But we're going to talk about the Reds. I'm sorry. I, that's that's kind of why we're here. Top five second baseman in Cincinnati Reds history. Okay. 
Now, I uh, you know I have this tendency to uh, to write dumb tweets. Did you did you all have you all noticed that? I do have Twitter, so yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> Anyone that has Twitter and has come across me, well, sometimes I like to say dumb things just to get a reaction because that is Twitter, and it's, people fall for all kinds of nonsense, you know. Like um, we tweeted from the uh, the Red Lake uh, Red Lake Nation Radio, whatever the show's called. We tweeted from their account at Riverfront Cincy. Uh, a picture of King Griffey Jr. in a Mariners uh, uniform and said, wait a minute, Junior Junior played for the Mariners? And you would not believe the number of people were like, are, are you kidding? His dad played for the Mariners too. They were great. And then I posted a picture of Adam Dunn and said, what do you think, greatest, uh, greatest player uh, in Reds history or no? And most people get it, but some people are like, have you heard of Pete Rose? You know, that's the most common response, obviously. Uh, not Joe Morgan or Johnny Bench. but So anyway – I posted a, a tweet about second baseman because as I was doing a little bit of uh, preparation for this episode, I was looking at uh, my top five list and and the I saw some something that kind of amazed me. And so I posted these names and I asked which of these five red second baseman have the highest career wins above replacement. And almost nobody answered this one correctly. They should have known it was a, uh, a trick. So Brett Boone, Scooter Jeanette, Pokey Reese, D'Angelo Jimenez and Tommy Helms. Noted Reds Rookie of the Year, Tommy Helms. Now, you all know the answer now, I guess. But if you first looked at that, who would you have thought had the most career wins above replacement for the Reds? I probably would have thought Tommy Helms. He was here for a while. Gone. He won a Rookie of the Year. I would have gone Brett Boone. Brett Boone. He got better after he left the Reds, but that kind of colors the way you think yeah, about I it. Yeah, I think we all imagine Brett Boone's seven years for the Reds. Right. It was D'Angelo Jimenez. Crazy. It only, oh, would, have made my top only would have made my top five because you put five names in there. <laughs> there you go. So that could be the top five second baseman. It's close, frankly. But let's let's talk about the top five. Let's go with number five. I'll, I'll, I'll start with my number five. My number five is um, – I, I really wanted to go with noted Reds Hall of Famer Ron Oster – who was the Reds' second baseman for a big part of my childhood. Ron Oster is a Reds Hall of Famer. He is not anywhere near the top five Reds' second baseman in history. I'm actually going to go with Jonathan India. I mean, you know, just one year. But uh, who else are you going to go with? D'Angelo Jimenez? Scooter Jeanette? I mean, Jonathan India is will pass both those in career war this year. If, well, if they play. So I'm going to – maybe that shows you how slim the pickings are, as we say around here. But um, Jonathan Indian, Nate, who do you got? Who do you have at number five on your list? I actually went with Brett Boone, and I didn't feel very good about it. Um, no <laughs> offense to Booney, I know he uh, left for greener pastures and you know better needles, but um, oh, hey. hello! I <laughs> was surprised when I was looking back through his stats. Like I remember him much more fondly than the stats would portray um still you know he's top five in home runs what else uh rbis and slugging percentage he did have an all-star appearance in a gold glove um in a world where you know using my rules of people that i at least remember you know pokey reese is a contender yeah um the the pickings were super slim so i went with Booney. Yeah. no you can make an argument for brett Boone at five there's no question I, you know i didn't go there um he was too short for me. I don't. I don't like short second baseman, but you know whatever. That's a personal preference. 
So, sort of a, a stylistic preference, you know, aesthetic preference. Um, so, uh, so Chris, uh, who's your who's your number five? Oh yeah, well you know I I spent a lot of time preparing for this podcast <laughs> and preparing my top five. Um, I noticed second baseman, and in conclusion, second basemen are a position of contrast. I would say that my fifth best second baseman of all time for the Cincinnati Reds would be Lonnie Fry from the world champion 1940 Cincinnati Reds team. Lonnie Fry played a lot of uh, second base, played some shortstop, was uh, a decent on-base percentage guy, and uh, a glue guy for those championship teams. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and say Lonnie Fry actually ends up number three on my list. Um, certainly, I think he's uh, top five here. Um, I think Chris probably gives uh, him um, – Chris and I both probably give him a little bit of a bump because he's part of that, those forgotten 39 and 40 teams that, I don't, you know, really should, the Reds, uh, you know, they don't ever bring those guys back for, uh, you know, celebration on the field. I don't know why. Can you imagine any reason why either of you guys? Why don't they have Lonnie Friday? It would be very um, boring and cold. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Lonnie Fry, fantastic. Um, led the league in stolen bases once. So there you go. Uh, Lonnie I like Fry, nine or Lonnie with a Y instead of an IE. And Fry with an EY. Yeah, Fry. Could have spelled that name five different ways. Yeah, you really could. And I pick, think he picked best one. Um, quality. You, have, you know, Lonnie Fry lives to be 99 years old. I didn't No, I didn't know that. I started to pretend that I knew that. Where's cool. he from? He's, he was uh, from St. Louis, but he spent his uh, elderly years at, up in the uh, fly fishing country of Idaho. I like to think he yeah. was kind of like uh, the, the old man in River Run Syrup. I think he was exactly like that. I made that. And I if you're made it up, but I'm with it. If you are, uh, if you're ever in Bellevue, Washington, uh, drop by Sunset Hills Memorial Park and check out Lonnie Fry's uh, eternal resting place. Boy, this got macabre all of a sudden. I, you know, we might need to just cut it short here. All right, so number four. <laughs> no, come on, that's next week. Best third baseman in Reds history. Um, Nate, I'm gonna go with, for your number four since I've already mentioned him and kind of uh, discarded him as a choice. But uh, make the case. Um, I don't have much of a case to make. Uh, I went with Ron Oster as my number hey, four. You hear that? What's that? Do you hear what Chad's talking about? What is Chad talking about? I don't know. He's gone mute as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no. I got it. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Well, as long as somebody can hear him, go for it. Um, I went with uh, Ron Oster. <laughs> it's a pretty good example of how tough uh, how tough these choices were. I mean, he is fifth all time red second baseman in home runs with uh, how many? Forty two. So a lot of a lot of sluggers we've had over the years. <laughs> the favorite thing that I found out about Ron Oster was when I looked him up. I typed in his name and then I put in fun fact because I wanted to find something interesting. And the first thing that came up was. Not many results contain fun. <laughs> that is the perfect description of Ron Oster. Uh, number four, best second baseman of all time. 
said by me, Ron Oster. Arguably <laughs> the least. Oh, I <laughs> that is perfect. That is perfect. Uh, remember that time when he was uh, Chris? You might remember this when he was going to be the Reds manager there for a while, and then I don't know what whatever happened there. Uh, you know the, the the thing about Ron Oster, where the selling point for him to become the manager was always like he's a real red um, tail <laughs> lifer. Like, yeah, Ron Oster is a real jerk. He's going to yell at everybody. That was like the selling point, the case for Oster. Oh, right. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you know, he's just, he's just really angry all the time. <laughs> so I'm pretty glad that, that he never really got that job. Yeah, it if might not have worked out well. If you Google Ron Oster, like one of the top results you actually get is a New York Times story that says, Oster, career in doubt. <laughs> Oh, surely not. Which, which kind of could have been written at almost any time. But you remember he got, I think, was it Mookie Wilton uh, was breaking up a double play in like, let's say, 86, 87, and uh, took out Oster's knee. I don't and I think, remember like, that. Oster was hitting 300. So, you know, I think we've learned that so much of what we remember and think we knew about baseball was like whatever Marty Brenneman happened to be thinking that day <laughs> and like imprinted in our brains. So like, right. like, like the goose who thinks, you know, that, that the lady is his mom. We thought Ron Oster was a good hitter. <laughs> we did. Here's why I thought, Oh gosh, this is my Ron Oster memory. And I think I've mentioned it here before, but it's just, this is what comes to mind. I'm a kid. I started, I'm into collecting baseball cards for the first time. I'm just loving it. You know, Oh man, I got to try to get reds and all these uh, tops baseball card packs. And you know, back in the day, they may still do this, but they had a team leader cards, you know, the top, uh, top batting average and the top ERA on the team from the, from the previous season. So, Oh man, I got a top, uh, top uh, reds leaders card. And, you know, Mario Soto with, you know, a two point, I don't know, the seven, four ERA or something was the res leader in earned run average, right, res leader in batting average, uh, Ron Oster, 269. <laughs> I thought, wait, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know anything about stats, but I knew that wasn't good. But Ron Oster got on a team leader card with a 269 batting average. Those results. He was world champ. He did. He collected the ring. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, Nate's number four. We spent way too much time talking about Ron Oster. My number four is a guy named Brandon Phillips. Heard of him. Yeah, Brandon Phillips. That's all we're going to say. Awesome. Um, Next, Chris, who's your, who's your number four, Chris? You know, there was a second baseman when I was a kid who I, uh, again, listening to the radio and uh, I'm not really understanding things. I thought that this guy was actually going to be good. And my number four first uh, second baseman of all time is Junior Kennedy. <laughs> wow, you went off the board for that selection. Right. Mel Kiper didn't even have him Kennedy. on the draft list. Junior Kennedy <laughs> topped out at a 273 uh, batting average in 1979 as the successor to Joe Morgan. And I would say he ranks right behind Joe Morgan in red second baseman. <laughs> Very close. Yeah, that 273 average would have been great in 1982. Would He got it on a, on a baseball card. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's go for number three. I'll hit my number three. I've already done my number three, uh, Lonnie Fry. So, um, Nate, I'll let you uh, give us your number three. Yeah, I had to cheat a little bit on this one because I certainly don't remember much about this guy. Maybe y'all wrote about him in the Big 50. I don't know why he uh, jumped out to me. But I went with Johnny Temple. 
Um, turns out the guy had some pretty good years. It was 59. He had a 110 and 113 OPS plus. Um, perhaps most notorious for uh, later in his life being arrested for stealing farm equipment. <laughs> wow. I actually ranked my guys by uh, moments of notoriety. I like oh, it. Man. How much How much have they that, stolen? Rick that's Mayer impressive. Is the number uh, three second baseman. <laughs> Mike Leake. Um, Johnny Temple, he's kind of he, he kind of cheated here. He's a six-time All-Star, uh, which which is good. I mean, that, you, that's good. But, you know, in 1959, they played two All-Star games, and he made them both. So, you know, I guess that still counts. And then uh, – so the first four were with the Reds, and then he uh, moved over to Cleveland and played in two All-Star games in 1961 as well. So, but uh, not a completely reasonable choice. Uh, good on base percentages, that guy. You know, he was uh, – Good player, Johnny Temple. That's all I know about him. I had no idea he stole f- farm equipment, though. Yeah, the yeah, last few years of his life were not great. Just so, because he didn't get that pension. Um, uh, so I'm, we're just going to skip Chris for a couple of these picks here, I think. Can I say Joe Morgan yet? Go ahead, say Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan. He's your number three? My number three and my number two and my number one. Chris, I'm, I'm banishing you. You're on a five. You're in the penalty box for five minutes. Go now. Get out of here. <laughs> penalty box. Oh my goodness, that's outrageous. All right. So my number three was Lonnie Fry. My number two was Bid McPhee. And I, you know, I struggled with putting. I don't. Yeah. How much do we want to talk about guys pre 1900? Great. I mean, man. you know, it is a great name, and he was a childhood favorite of Bill Lax, obviously. But uh, Bid McPhee, a Hall of Fame second baseman, he is second all-time among Reds in lifetime, wins above replacement, 52.5. He's, he's, he's Bid McPhee. That's all I can say. You're number two, Nate. Uh, we didn't really talk about him a moment ago, but so I'll give you an opportunity to. Well, we don't need to say too much. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't love us. I don't know why we need to love him too much. But I went with Brandon Phillips. Um, I don't think it's really that close if you're just looking at it. You know, statistically, he played in the most games of any red second baseman ever. He, um, more than anything else, he started a brawl with the St. Louis Cardinals and said some amazing things about him to the media. And I think he should be rewarded for that. So I rewarded him by putting it at number two on the most important list in Riverfront history. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I've, we've got some pre-existing uh, difficulties with uh, with our friend Brandon Phillips, but certainly a great career and certainly a, a a completely deserving Reds Hall of Famer. I mean, there's no question about that. I did have some guy on on the Twitters uh, the other day ask me completely seriously what I, whether I thought he was had a good chance of making the the Baseball Hall of Fame, the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And, you know, you try to be nice, but I'm like, well, no. I mean, <laughs> there's zero chance, but. But yeah, he's gonna be in the Reds Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Reds Hall of Fame. He started a brawl, and he was a—he was never as good as people thought he was, but he was always pretty good. And yeah. so, you know, whatever. <laughs> if you are not watching on video, you're just you're just missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. Where where did you uh, get that particular item of memorabilia, Chris Garber? It's so perfectly. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a game worn game used. It was advertised as game worn. I suppose they could have lied to me, but who was it worn by? It feels kind of uh, Junior Kennedy ish. Uh, 
know, Harry Spillman. It's a left-handed <laughs> helmet. It's a left-handed uh, green Reds helmet. Uh, it's it's glorious. You know, I had a I found it uh, when we were cleaning out stuff at the, at the house. I had a, a green Reds cap that I wore for years, every single day. I don't know. I love that thing. I need to get me another one of those. I don't you miss John Fay and like the constant trolling about green hats with John Fay. Yes. Just like his, his his misspellings on Twitter. Of Jog Twitter. toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, John Fay uh, used to be a beat writer. Skip he was brutal stomacher. on Twitter. <laughs> Skip Stomacher, who didn't make any of our lists, uh, surprisingly. Might, might, might be Chris. We're, we're getting ready to ask for Chris's number one. So, oh, uh, Nate and I, our number one's the same. So, let, so we'll go ahead and let you say who your number one is, Chris, since you've already uh, listed our Dawkins, number one. Has Travis Dawkins been taken yet? No, so let's hear it. Travis Dawkins. Thank you. Did, did he have a nickname? Like T Dog. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Go look it up. Google it and tell us it on Twitter if you if Travis Dawkins had a nickname. So Nate and I had Joe Morgan. We don't need to say anything else about it. Joe Morgan may be the best second baseman in the history of the world. Uh, let's go into so that's our list. The second base is not my big position for the Reds. It's funny the, the best uh, second base may be in baseball history, and the rest of it is uh, subpar. It really got um, me thinking, like, if you went back and did this for other franchises, would it be as bleak? I mean, first base was pretty good. Best year was brutal. Second base yeah. was brutal. Sure. Shortstop sure will be good. I mean, Petra's got two Hall of Famers. That's not yeah, totally that's brutal. That's true. It's top heavy, but yeah. It, I mean, I literally put Tyler Stevenson in my top five. So, I mean. <laughs> How, yeah, unironically. That's a good question, though, Nate. How many teams have, like, who's the third best second baseman on most teams? Yeah. Yeah, who's third base you, as they would say in, in, in college football, you know? I challenge the Twitterers to let us know. But you're going to have yeah. to, like, directly tag me in the post because otherwise I will not read the Twitters. <laughs> you know, we'll do shortstop soon. And I bet the Reds are among the best, right, for shortstops, top five. There can't be that many teams have better. What was the thing we figured out that they were like, they had an all and an all star shortstop. Like every person who was a regular starter at shortstop had been in an all star game, from like '56 to like Paul Yanish. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we got or maybe it was, well, did Felipe Lopez because he was an all star, but yeah, there, there might before, be, there, like I counted there him, might yeah, be a break from, between. Conception to Larkin to Philo. Philo. No, that wasn't Felipe Lopez's nickname. His nickname was Gookie. Come on. So. To uh, Rich Aurelia. Oh, man. The immortal. And, uh, Gross. And, and, and now, Kyle Farmer. <laughs> Dang it. All right. So first viewer mail question of the week. These are her questions from our friends at um, wearpatreon.com slash riverfront Before we do that, we had a new new subscriber this week, Nate. Did you know that? Woo! Not woo. Sorry. That wasn't his name. That was just a reaction. Did Did you know actually that we had a new subscriber this week? All the show notes that we did. Okay. But you don't know who it is. I do not. Okay. Well, I mean, we got a big, big thank you out to our new subscriber, Chris Garber. Oh, no, 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 no. His name is Clay Christian. 
Ooh. <laughs> you know who that is, right, Nate? Ooh, that's good. I'm aware of this person. Um, Y'all may have heard me tell stories about uh, how I witnessed Jay Bruce's, uh, you know, clinch miss home run. Now there was a, uh, you know, a private bar, a private bartender, and a buddy of mine and a bottle of champagne that we lost track of throughout the uh, evening's activities. Uh, that that buddy was Mr. Clint Christian. Fine young man who uh, you played high school baseball with as well, right? Absolutely. Good ball player. So, Clay, so I guess, Nate, I'm going to let you say what position is he playing on our beer league softball team? Is he still he's able to play, be, do you think? He's got to be the catcher. I don't know if he squats as easy, easily as he used to, but uh, he's definitely <laughs> behind the ditch for us. Clay, you're the man. You know, I think uh, very highly of you. Thank you so much for, for joining the crew here. First question comes from our friend Joe Farsing. Joe Farsing, this is one that we're going to kind of crowdsource here. Homer at the bat, famous uh, Simpsons episode uh, with all the uh, – Baseball players, Homer at the bat, but with current MLB players and go. All right, so uh, we start with Mike Trout, right? Got to be there. Yeah, Mike Trout's got to be on there. I think you got to have players with some personality. Uh, Mike Trout actually might just barely make the cut just because he's the best player alive. But um, He's no Mike Socia. Nobody true. watching the show is going to know who he is. <laughs> do, do you guys remember the Saturday Night Live skit that had Mark Grudzelonic in it? I do remember that. Yes. What was that all about? I don't know. That's <laughs> got to be like the like lowest level MLB. So he's like an expo and not even the best expo. Yeah, it really is. Was, it's like, yeah, anyway. I'd forgotten so, about that. Yes. I, oh, man. I think Votto is, uh, I think Votto's got to be in there. Votto's your first baseman. I agree 100%. Kyle Farmer. No, no, no. Um, so uh, let's, let's go around the diamond. You're, who's your catcher? Is it Yachty? Probably. Watch yeah. a little bit. Which position are we? Catcher. First base is Joey. First base is definitely Joey. I don't know who catcher. Yeah, Maybe, uh, first base. Let's just give it to Yachty because he's got a neck tattoo, and that'd be fun to yeah, illustrate. He's, he's, like, yeah. you know, he's known. He's, he's a star. He looks yeah, like that, a we're, character already. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to cross those SOBs again. Yadier Molina <laughs> is the best ever. Yeah, if you don't know, uh, Chris had a run-in with uh, baseball's best fans. Uh, second base, I can't think of a single second baseman in – around the league is there are there other second basemen did other teams have second base i can't think of a single one adam frazier marco Simeon, altuve let's leave it let's leave it open yeah we'll just leave that we're no second baseman on this team we're gonna let homer play second base altuve altuve all right okay be a great animated you guys are right there you go uh a good good they'll have some kind of a cheating uh you know b plot it'd be good yeah uh third base you know Gino, back when Gino used to be a major league, actual major league baseball player, would have been good there. But uh, I think Bryant's a star. I went with Bryant. Chris Bryant. Okay. All right. What about? Uh, you know, I guess he's uh, retired, but Adrian Beltre would have been would have been the guy probably. Yeah. There. And Arenado's the better player, but Beltre's the star. He's yeah. The, okay. Uh, he's the Mattingly. Um, does he have sideburns? Uh, shortstop. Splits time. I want Tatis Jr. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the man. He's the guy you no. want to play. 
Yeah, but you gotta have somebody with personality, like Trevor they Story. Might some weird thing with like Trey Turner's in there, or Boba Chet. <laughs> right. Uh, no, it's got to be Tatis. So let's go with three outfitters. We already named one Trout. Um, Judge, one, for sure. One Soto. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, Judge one Soto. Soto. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Okay, so who? Acuna. Yeah. They might find a way to put Acuna in there, too. And Otani's got to be in it. Oh, yeah. You got to have Otani. So he's our pitcher. I had Scherzer as a pitcher. Can we have two pitchers? Why not? Like Scherzer, Scherzer sure. would be Why not? We're making this there up as we I'm, I'm actually, I'm surprised the Simpsons. You know, it's been on for uh, roughly 700 seasons now. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't returned to that. You know, get a yeah. get a crop of, of players. You could do it again. I mean, who are who are the five biggest stars? Trout, Judge, Otani, Tatis, maybe Soto. I'd say Harper. I think Bryce Harper probably is the bigger yeah, star. Yeah. Scherzer's up there. You know, you got Scherzer. You got like, you know, your your Freddie Freeman, your Buster Posey, your Molina, Mapris Bryant. Your shirt. Your uh, what's the other pitcher? <laughs> There's only one other pitcher that we've not named. Hmm. Going to need more help. Verlander. Justin Verlander. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Talk about Kershaw. You can go wrong, but I mean, I don't know. Am I a, am I just such a hardcore Gen Xer that like those dudes don't stack up thematically in Wade Boggs? Well, Wade Boggs also had a couple amazing cameos in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Really? Oh my God. So I've never watched that show. Let's, let's, can I interrupt for a minute and ask? I've watched a lot (laughs) of shows. Is Always Sunny. Worth watching. Let me let me answer this first, okay? Because because Nate has been after me for years. Well, he hasn't really been after me, but he mentioned it years ago, and I was like, okay, somebody I'll get to it. Well, I got to it here in the last uh, year or so. Nate, tell us what you think about it. it's always sunny. Um, it's amazing that it's still on the air. For it's still on the air. Yeah, they just uh, a couple months ago came out with season fifteen, I think. Um, they for 15 seasons have been trying their very, very best to get canceled, pushing <laughs> every single boundary that they can possibly push. It's they insanity. Have, the episode I'm talking about is one where the entire the gang tries to break Wade Boggs's uh, beer drinking record on a cross country flight. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans uh, ensue. I've been re watching uh, Party Down. If you guys have ever watched Party Down, Never heard of it. Oh, oh my. So it's uh, Adam Scott, Lizzie Kaplan. Um, what's the guy's name uh, from uh, Freaks and Geeks? Uh, Haverchuk from Freaks and Geeks. It's it's epic. They're, uh, they're cater waiters in L.A. Where can you, where can you see this? Uh, Hulu. Absolutely amazing. There's probably 15 episodes of it from like probably 12 years ago. Ken Marino. I don't remember that. Oh, it's great. It's it's really great. I've heard of and, it. And I think they, they promo Always Sunny during the uh, the episodes. So you recommend. We got a thumbs up. Well, listen. If you're sensitive at all, then no, I don't recommend it. 
I'm not <laughs> sensitive at all. If you enjoy laughing and having a better life, then yeah. You know, uh, you have to power through the first. Let me just say this. You have to power through the first three or four seasons. They're funny, but they're not like, you know, classic comedy funny. But once you get that, they kind of hit their groove, and it is. I'll just tell you, and I was at Nate's house uh, last week, week before, and we were watching an episode, and I was, I, I was embarrassed at how loud I was laughing at that episode. It was, and we can't describe it here. This was a family podcast. We can't describe what happened, but it was hilarious. At one point, Danny DeVito becomes a regular cast member out of nowhere, and that's amazing. Well, I thought he was always on it because I think I used to watch. Uh, what was that show? It wasn't that good. Um, the league. <laughs> you're, again, you're going to be a little bit uh, more specific. The league, the fantasy football show. Yeah, with Paul Shear and uh, and those other dudes. The boys. That's the show that wasn't very good. The boys. I like the boys. That oh had, uh, gosh. Uh, I did. DeVito, I like the boys on PBS. Denny DeVito came in and like is either season two or three, and just to show you how good it is, my fiance literally cannot look at Denny DeVito without getting sick to her stomach. He thinks her very uncomfortable. And she loves the shit. She came around on Danny DeVito. I recently saw a Twitter account where, like, I don't know what the hell the context was, but the guy was like calling out the hotels and requesting a, a five by seven photo of Danny DeVito on his nightstand in a hotel. <laughs> and then they, would, they would provide it, and it would be there when he checked in. I got to start doing that kind of thing. Oh, Danny DeVito is popular with the kids these days. Yeah, my kids, my kids love Danny DeVito. He's a TikTok big, legend, evidently. Big Taxi fans or <laughs> big Big Taxi fans? Uh, twins. Yeah. It was Twins that did it for him. Kinder. No, he was he, he wasn't in Kindergarten Cop. I'm thinking I'm mixing them up. Um. So anyway, yes, it's very good. I, boy, I tell you what, that's just the first viewer mail question, guys. We got to get on the road here. On it. <laughs> So watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I will recommend. Next question comes from our buddy uh, Joey Gaditza from uh, way up north, that uh, that country called Canada. Good day, fellas. Are any of you going to any music shows in the near future? Any music shows? No. Chris says no. Nate? Yeah, I got a couple on my radar. Um, guy named Mark Brassard's coming to town in a couple weeks. Not a real person. I come buy you, like buy you blues, buy you souls with this brand is but it's like jazz rock soul funk all into one um and then a country band called the eli young bands coming a few weeks after that not a real band hey hey chad did did, did you ever see dave matthews in concert <laughs> no <laughs> no you think that you think that's bad? I do have tickets for one upcoming uh, show. Actually, I bought them last year uh, late at night when I probably shouldn't have been purchasing things online. But I'm going to go now because I have tickets. Ticketmaster keeps telling me I've never seen Jimmy Buffett. I'm going to go see Jimmy Buffett. That'll be fun. Yeah, you know yeah, it'll what? Be Jimmy, okay. Jimmy Buffett might have been uh, whatever. Enjoy it. <laughs> Chris, uh, I, I sense a little hostility for you tonight. What's going on here? Uh, I like Jimmy Buffett in 1996, but like. <laughs> but he's 80 now. He's got to yeah, be better, right? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> we once drove, um, when I was in college at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. We bought The tickets. Ohio University. It is. That's what it says in the diploma, actually. We bought tickets for Jimmy Buffett at Riverbend in Cincinnati. 
and like six of us started driving down. We got two hours in. We're like in Jackson, Ohio on Route 32. And my buddy starts doing this business. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't think I had the tickets. I think I left them at home. Oh. I'm like, are you sure? And this is like 1994. There's no cell phones. There's no like mobile ticketing. We're completely effed. The tickets are left in Athens. We ended up looking around, couldn't find them. Drove to Riverbend and stood outside the arena. Oh my yeah. goodness. Vaguely hearing the music. Fun. Exciting time. You're still telling stories about it to this day. Jimmy Buffett. No parrot heads. <laughs> have, have you been to a, a Dave Matthews concert? Mm. No. He didn't want to answer. I was on a I was on a sightseeing bus once in Chicago. <laughs> oh, that's a filthy story. We were going down the canal. And they said, "Hey, Dave Matthews is up there." Was your mouth open when you looked up? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Got a surprise. Yeah, Google that if you want to. Yeah. Well, let me I just you, you remind me of one other story that I'll tell really quickly. I had tickets to uh, see Tom Petty in Cincinnati at uh, what I will always call Riverfront Coliseum, and um, my buddy who is uh, doesn't understand how the internet works. Uh, this was this the year before Tom Petty, uh, you know, tragically passed, and so he he ordered actually like paper tickets. You remember they used to have these paper tickets? Well, he he ordered those and he gave me my tickets, and so I said, good. Great, you know, so I set them on my table and left them there as I drove to Cincinnati. And um, we ended up sneaking in somehow. And uh, there was a door open because people were coming out to smoke. And we, we just snuck in. So I made it without tickets. But uh, in retrospect, I didn't have to pay for tickets. I wish I'd have known that. But Tom Petty, he did not back down. It's true. Now, Kyle Kapler has a question for us. And Kyle's question is a little bit rude because it's just directed at one of us. This one is for Chris, Kyle says. Steve Garvey, Steve Rogers, or Steve Selsky? Which one's Hall of Fame worthy? Steve Sachs. <laughs> Mortal uh, Simpsons character. <laughs> is Steve Rogers like who is Is he talking about the uh, former uh, Expos pitcher? Is that the Expos pitcher or the uh, the Captain America? Captain the America. Captain guy. Yeah. I figured he was talking about the Expos pitcher. I feel like Steve Rogers like threw a one-hitter against the Reds on opening day, 1983 or something. But Selsky can cram it. <laughs> as That's the tenth time that's been said on this podcast. Indeed. <laughs> James Urban. James Urban says he's been brainstorming. If we don't have a season start on time this year, and we won't, uh, what should we have? Number one, a movie hot take podcast where any and all cinema is covered, but only in hot takes. Love that Two, idea. A college, a college baseball podcast, basically the uh, MLB, but just with that annoying ping of the bat instead. Or three stories from Nate and Chad's childhood. I like these are the best courses of action. Thoughts? I'm all about number one, a hot movie hot take. I, I like them all. 
I want to hear stories about Chad, like with his knees, like his knees on on Nate's shoulders, like shoving grass in his mouth. <laughs> now that was one of our other brothers. There's another brother. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to pull the other brother off. I will. Um, so, so this is time to talk. I'm a huge NCAA softball fan. Oh my Love goodness! It. Love it. And well, we listen. Kurt. I was going to say, Chris, you've got a, a daughter that's playing softball now. Mine is kind of aged out, but uh, for years you would play the travel softball and, uh, and high school softball. And I'm here to tell you, softball is a much better spectator sport than baseball. It, it just is. I mean, that's a, the fact that we, we hear all, we, you know, and I agree that, you know, if women want to play baseball, they should be able to play baseball. But I don't, I, every time I see those arguments, I'm like, you know, but softball is a pretty doggone good game. Maybe the boys should be playing that. Freaking rules. It's like now once they get into the, like the the college world series, the pitching starts dominating to a point where it's not that much fun. But from February fifteenth through May fifteenth, it's on, and they go at it. They're done in an hour and forty minutes, and you get all the fun of baseball on like a confined space. It's really it's really great. None of that nonsense pitch count crap. It's true. The girls will just throw for six months straight. They don't care. They'll have, have two pitchers per team. It's great. It's literally true. I mean, you know, if you, if, you, if your kids are pl ever play the travel sports, the travel softball is so much better than travel baseball. And I don't know if you've gotten there yet, Chris, but it, travel softball tournaments, again, they're basically limited to an hour. So the games are over in an hour. The tournament is all in one day. Now, if you if your if your daughter is on a good team, you start at nine in the morning, and sometimes you end literally. We we ended at four in the morning at some point, but then you don't have to go back the next day. But uh, whereas with baseball, you these rules about pitch counts, and you got to spread the games out, and and it's baseball, I love it. But we're going we're we're going to transition to a softball podcast. I think that's the answer. I'm here. with you. Unless Nate has a movie hot take for us here. Tombstone is the greatest movie of all time. That's not a hot take. Crazy, but I'm, I'm open to that, too. I'm open to a movie, a uh, hot take podcast. Tell me, you know, tell me why the third man is no good. Wait, are you, are you, is that your hot take that it's no good? No, I want to hear somebody tell me that so they're going to destroy him. Oh, no. Okay. Okay, good. If you haven't seen the third man, that's one of my I'm inner circle Hall guy. of Fame movies. Yeah. I'm a zither guy. <laughs> are you? Oh, sure. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of that in, in the third man is haunting. Uh, next question comes from uh, Hooper Powell. This is an, uh, an actually a good question from Hooper, which is a little surprising. Uh, what's your all's favorite non-Reds sporting event that you've attended? Favorite non-Reds sporting right, event? Chad. I know what you're going to say. You do know what I'm going to say. I went to a game, a Chattanooga Lookouts game, when Ryan Hannigan played there. And, and let me tell you. It was special. It was a special day. The weather was perfect. It was just, uh, you actually don't, I know what everyone thinks I'm going to say, and that's actually not where I was going to go. So you all answer, and then I'll uh, I'll come in with my hot take. Um, When I was my, I think it was my, my first or second year of college, my uh, roommate was from New York, and I went up to visit him over the summer, and him, me, and his little brother, his little brother was probably like, 12 or 14 years old, went to a Yankees game. It's an old Yankee stadium. So I got to see old Yankee. And that, 
it was pretty special. It was, I think it was the last year of Old Yankee. It was super fun. But my favorite moment was, you know how sometimes those annoying fans will blow up a beach ball and start like smacking it around? Well, that was gone. And it had been getting slapped around for about two and a half innings. So people were really getting into it. Slapping it around, huh, for two innings. Magically, it makes its way to me, and I slap it, and it immediately goes down into the steps of the concourse. I ruined a two-and-a-half-inning stretch. <laughs> that would have been pretty embarrassing, but as soon as I did it, I pointed at my buddy's little brother and started booing. So next thing you know, there's about 3,000 other people nearby booing this kid. It's it was not good. Entirely. And I really enjoyed it. So, sorry, um, Rob Aldana. <laughs> oh man Chris what's yours favorite non-red sporting event oh man um that I've been to in person that's tricky uh I saw a game 1996 I happened to be at the in, in a Peoria Illinois at the Bradley campus and I saw a game between Bradley and Tulsa that went overtime and uh, really good game, and uh, Bradley won it in overtime. Come was that before or after uh, Her- Hersey Hawkins? After Hersey Hawkins, I could not care less about either Bradley or Tulsa, but a really awesome game that I happened to be on campus for, and it was a lot of fun. Did you consider going to the Super Bowl, by the way, this year? I did. You know what? I, uh, and I and ultimately, I guess I'm glad that I didn't go out there and get stuck in that stadium with it after the Bengals lost. But I thought about it. I had the the the, uh, the privilege of probably getting a face value ticket or two and being able to go. But I wanted to watch my my kids. You know, we watched the games together. I wanted to spend the spend that day with my boys and uh, win or lose like be with them rather than either a stranger or, or somebody else. I saw the video you posted. They look pretty excited pregame. <laughs> yeah. So for me, obviously everyone thinks I'm going to say the, the final four, which that's actually the real answer. But the truth of the matter is before that, I had a couple of stock answers in 90, not what, 96, 2006. I went to the U.S. Open tennis tournament. And let me just tell you something. If you've not been to the U.S. Open, it's amazing. We were, you know, it was uh, Andre Agassi's final U.S. Open, and so uh, he was the, the night match. And I don't know, it was just out for years. I said that is the most fun I've ever had at any sporting event. And then after that, it was uh, I had a lot of fun at uh, the U.S. versus Mexico in a World Cup qualifier there in Columbus. Uh, did you ever go to a World Cup qualifier in Columbus, Chris Garber? I think we did. Is that what we went to together? Yeah, that was fun. That was awesome. It's exciting. Yeah, people singing from an hour Dos before the game to an hour after. <laughs> Dos Acero, exactly, yes. So that's what I would say. So anyway, but I can't compete with Bradley University. Tulsa. All right, we got to power through these last few. Uh, it's, it's time for uh, the speed round. Scott Boldman with Universal DH. My fear is that the next step is to merge into one league and realign divisions again. How soon do you see something like this coming? Same t- time as a 16-team playoffs? Thanks. So, uh, Scott, good question. I've long thought that at some point it's going to be like the NBA, where you're going to kind of have conferences, 
don't you think there's going to be a realignment at some point where the conferences are going to mean nothing and the divisions are going to mean nothing? It seems like that's inevitable to me. I, I think they see enough enough benefit to like the structure of separating them, but there's no principle behind it. No, like there's nothing like oh well, you know, AL is 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 Byron Bancroft Johnson's league. It's <laughs> it's just coincidence, but. I think they'll hold the difference for a while. They're not going to like shift it every year, but they don't give a crap. I feel like it might not be a terrible thing if we're trying to get younger people more involved. And there's a lot of really good, young, you know, uh, fun, energetic, enthusiastic players out there, the Tatis Juniors of the world. Get them in as many cities as you can. Sure. Why not? It's coming, I think, uh, at some point. Okay, uh, next question uh, comes from Rich Thompson. Chris says, uh, Chris, I literally just said his name is sure, Rich. Why not? Rich. Oh, my goodness. Will we have MLB prior to May 1? No. Let's go back. Let's go back. He tried He tried to do a thing. Let's go. Let's recognize the thing that he tried to do. Thank you. That's that's true. He did He did try to do a thing, and Rich is good about this. He starts his question with, I don't know why I skipped this. I apologize, Rich. Chris <laughs> just kind of called me out on it publicly. <laughs> to be, as in second base, to be or not to be? Well, that that is the question. Will we? Does it, do either of you think we'll have Major League Baseball prior to May 1? I'm going to save the last of my optimism for uh, there being baseball in the month of April. Agree. Uh, I think they'll play. Very good. I hope you're all right. Next question. Will Jonathan India go down in Reds history as the second best second baseman to play other than Joe Morgan? Way too early to say that. I mean, he's no Ron Oster yet. He's he's be if he has one more good season, he might be already. <laughs> That's actually true, yeah. Although, again, here goes Nate discounting Junior Kennedy. I, this erasure will not stand. <laughs> this aggression will not stand. Uh, Carl Mitz, hey, from Austin, Texas. Hey, Carl. Hey, what Carl. Team? <laughs> Carl. What team in the NL Central has the greatest advantage with the addition of the DH to the National League? Personally, I believe it to be the Reds, but curious as to how y'all think we stack up against our rivals. I'm going to say it's the Reds. It's obviously the Reds. There's no one else even close, right? Does anyone disagree with that? I mean, it gives the Pirates another chance to uh, you know, fill the even more inferior ball club. <laughs> I, I've like, not paid enough attention, but the Reds obviously have enough guys who don't have a position to play that should make – the most sense for them. Hey, you'd think it'd be the team that was the deepest, but instead it's a team that they just have too many players without a position. So yeah, go Reds. Reds. guys that are going to need breaks. Tyler Stevenson, Joey Votto, Jesse Winker. Sometimes like, yeah, it's gotta be the Reds. Yeah. Suarez and Moose need lots of breaks, like 162 game breaks. Last question. Seth Shaner. Seeing Zach Taylor, that's the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Seeing his extension news made me wonder, uh, they extended his contract, what percentage of professional sports contract negotiations are contentious at some point or another? Are there any absolutely no-brainer deals, or do agent and management inevitably quibble over something? Do the lawyers think their job wasn't done properly if they didn't at least fight a little? Well, we, luckily we have a lawyer on the uh, on the podcast here. Yeah, lawyers like right. to fight? He's right. I mean, they're not, no, nobody ever finds the first offer. Everybody has to uh, posture a bit to make sure their client understands they've been working for them. So no matter how great the offer is, nobody signs the first one. 
There you go. There's your answer. All right, guys, we got to get out. We've gone long once again. Any final thoughts? Uh, Nate, I'll, I'll toss it to you first. It's past my bedtime. Yeah, sorry about that. Chris? Go Reds. Can we get go some Reds. baseball? Some baseball back, please. Let's make something happen. Please. Yes. So for uh, for Chris Garber, Nate Dotson, and Mark Grudzalonic, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. <laughs>